0: Take your pick, Jimmy Hart. Take your pick, brother. Man, take your pick. (laughs) The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Coming to you from parts unknown. Ladies and gentlemen, this is WrestleGeddon. With your host, Chris the Heat Matthews. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Durham, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of WrestleGeddon. I am your illustrious host, Chris the Heat Matthews. Yes, folks, um, got a little bit of housekeeping to get into. Last week we had some audio issues. I was basically using a Bluetooth earpiece, uh, like the Sam. I was using the Samsung Gear uh, Gearbuds to record the episode, and they weren't picking up with the app that I was using. So it didn't sync completely with it. So if it sounded like I was walking away from the microphone, like I was trying, I was doing other stuff as I was recording, and I thought the earbuds were picking it up. So I do apologize for that. Um, should not have any issues this week at all, as we're doing more of a stationary. Uh, recording, I guess, so I won't be walking around. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing is on my Instagram page, which is at Heats underscore toy box, I had posted about the elite with the now elite 71 Adam Cole being part being a target exclusive, a single release target exclusive. I had misunderstood what uh, the great Bill McKenna had said during the RS the uh, ringside Collectibles booth walkthrough with uh, Noel Foley on their uh, YouTube channel. Adam Cole will be a part of Elite 71 who will not be exclusive to any store so you can pre-order him now on Ringside Collectibles. Uh, he'll show up on Amazon. He'll be in Target, Walmart um, hopefully. So we shouldn't see any issues with that at all. So again, he's not an exclusive to any store. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the Raw Reunion. Pretty good show from start to finish. Very entertaining. They seemed to cram a lot into that three hours. So it seemed a bit rushed and it you know, went by quick. It didn't drag like previous episodes of Raw have. I'm gonna do this a little bit differently though. Um, when I talk about the the total breakdown of the show, I'm not gonna go through every single match. You know, like so and so wrestled so and so, this, that, and the third. I'm just gonna give you pretty much what I thought the match of the night was, what my favorite segment was, what I think could have been done better, and maybe some other little notable things. Not like an entire rundown of the entire card. So, match of the night, let's start off with that. Usos and the Revival, with the, of course, the inclusion of Rikishi and Devon in the corners of the Usos and the Revival, respectively. Anytime these two teams are in the ring together, it's going to be an amazing matchup. And that's like what you come to expect from these two teams. They're pretty much the pinnacle of tag team wrestling right now in WWE. So, like I said, anytime these two teams are in the ring together, they're going to put out a pretty good match. And I did like the inclusion of Rikishi with, of course, you know, his sons and then Devon coming out with the revival. As you have, you know, Rikishi, a tag team champion. Devon, of course, we all know his illustrious career as part of the Dudley Boys and the amount of tag team titles that they've held combined through every promotion that they've been in. It was just cool to have them out at ringside during this tag team match and just kind of, you know, make an appearance and kind of help out a little bit with that match. Not like, Usos and the Revival needed any help, but it kind of brought a little bit more attention with those two out there. Uh, segment of the night for me, uh, The Fiend attacking Mick Foley. Uh, of course, Foley was in the ring doing a, his normal promo. You know, the 24-7 antics, you know, interrupt him. And then Foley gets back to his promo after all that. And, you know, you get the whole lights go out and everything. And then Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, is in the ring. And you see the, the lights are still out flashing he's got both hands up to his face with his gloves that say hurt and heal he takes down the heel glove has the hurt glove standing it's still up and then he just attacks foley and uses the mandible claw on foley and just destroys him with it and it's just an amazing segment very well done just the way that they're using the fiend right now just a little bit here a little bit there not like just throwing him at us all at once so just like a a spot here, a spot there. So it was great. It was probably, it was the best segment of the night and to have Foley, who's always willing to go to help out to, to, help put over the talent that's on the roster. Now was just phenomenal. And it was, it was a great segment. Like I said, the best, best one of the night. Um, the 24, seven, we had eight, 24, seven champions in one night. Uh, there've been 15, 24, seven champions total. And eight of those t- champions happened during the raw reunion which did set two records, um, one being Pat Patterson, who now holds the record for the oldest WWE champion at the age of 78. who He took the record from the fabulous Moolah, who was 76 during her last title reign. And also Kelly Kelly became the first woman to hold the 24-7 title, uh, which honestly I think was a waste for for that to even happen. Uh, It should have been either Carmella or uh Drake Maverick's wife, one of those two would have made a lot more sense than Kelly Kelly. I it's just yeah, just my opinion and you know I'm not really a big Kelly Kelly fan, never have been. I I honestly just think she's worthless and was worthless during her run in WWE during the, the whole Divas era. But um that's pretty much the notable parts for Raw. Uh the biggest thing, one thing I didn't like, though, one thing that I thought they could have done better, the Styles versus Rollins match, which was a good match. And, of course, you had the club get involved, uh, which I'm sorry. They are the the OC, as in the only club, as in the only club that matters. I prefer the club, which I think a lot of people do. It sounds better than the OC. It's like they're pitching a CW drama. Um, it's just terrible, terrible name. But the logo is cool. Like Their new shirts are pretty awesome. But the way this match should have broken down, you know, had the OC talking how they're like the best faction in, you know, all of wrestling history. So, of course, the club gets involved. They start beating down Rollins, and all of a sudden you hear the DX music hits. The DX music hit, and then Hunter and Michaels come down to the ring. Now, this is where I start to kind of be like, eh. Like, as they come down the ring, I'm expecting to hear maybe the NWO music because I know Hall and Nash and Hogan – Are in the building, but instead we get the New Age Outlaws music, and Road Dog comes out and does his shtick down to the ring with him and X Pac and um, Hall and Nash. Hall and Nash were in their NWO shirts, you know, and um, X Pac and Road Dog in their, you know, DX gear or whatever, DX shirts or whatnot. Honestly, I think it should have been the four members of DX coming down together at first. And then Rogue Dog doing his shtick, and which leads into the NWO music interrupting him, and then Hogan, Hall, and Nash—the three of them—come to the ring, and then chase, and then you know they chase the club off. I think that would have been better, and I think that would have been a better use of Hogan than having him run his mouth at the end of the show or give that stupid promo. Um, but speaking of Hogan's promo, the end of the towards the end of the show before Austin to come out. Am I the only one that noticed that Mark Henry did absolutely nothing? And, you know, Mark Henry's been highly outspoken of the whole Hogan scandal from, you know, four or five years ago. Um, there's no movement from Henry at all. Everyone on stage was clapping when Hogan came out. You know, there you know, like some sort of like acknowledgement, something like that. Mark Henry literally stood there, no expression on his face, hands at his side, Nothing. And then, the, and of course, the the still shot going around of Booker T with the you know this look of like disgust on his face as Hogan's like embracing Flair. Um, end of the show, of course, you know that segment was pretty entertaining with Austin going through you know his whole speech and everything and just you know just being Austin. A lot of people were bitching because Austin didn't stun anybody. The biggest issue coming out of Raw, um, the head come out through multiple sources was that a lot of the legends weren't clear to do anything, which is why, you know, we saw the title change from Pat Patterson to Gerald Briscoe. There was no pinfall involved. It was, you know, just Briscoe laying on the floor and it happened during like they'd come back from commercial and they showed Briscoe, you know, standing over Patterson with the title and then Patterson calling him a stooge. The same reason, you know, that we saw Patterson, um, lay some really weak kicks in on, um, Drake Maverick and then, you know, do the one-foot Jericho pin to win the 24-7 title is, you know, they weren't medically cleared to do anything. I was like, there's even reports going around that they wouldn't clear Rikishi just to do a damn stink face. So, I mean, that's the stuff that hindered Raw a little bit. But, you know, that may have been the same issue with Austin. We don't know. Or maybe, like, there really wasn't a reason for Austin to stun anybody. Uh, And I think, you know, that overall segment was, well, it was a fun segment, which is what it was meant to be. And basically, the the raw reunion was nothing more than something to boost ratings going into the shareholders meeting that was, you know, later on in the week. And that was pretty much the purpose of it. I mean, it was an entertaining show. Really, nothing to be like too nitpicky about it. Yes, it didn't it didn't forward any story arcs going into SummerSlam or anything like that. But that's where SmackDown comes in. As we go into uh, SmackDown recap here. Um, same thing with Raw. Match of the Night on this one. Apollo versus Nakamura. Apollo Cruz versus Shinsuke. Great matchup. Apollo brought it. And Nakamura always brings it in the ring. But this this was a great match. And it was very, very well done. Uh from Bell to Bell, even you know, with Nakamura picking up the win over Apollo. Like Apollo is a very underutilized talent and you know should be done they should be doing more with him in my opinion. Um, Whether it be, you know, having him do some more on NXT, go back to NXT, do some more like they have done with Killian Dane, and Tyler Breeze. Or just feature him more, which it have been on on SmackDown. So just really great matchup between the two of them. Um, My biggest disappointment of the night, though, was Charlotte Flair versus Ember Moon. Which would have been an amazing matchup with the talent level that both of these two women have. But to have it just end with a quick roll up like it was a twenty four seven title match, with Bailey interrupting and having Charlotte lose to Ember, I just I really was disappointed in that. But then um, I wasn't disappointed to see Ember hit the the Eclipse on both Bailey and Charlotte, and then standing tall after that. So that was um, that was pretty good. And you know, of course, it sets up you know Ember more with Ember and Bailey going into SummerSlam. Um uh, there were no twenty four seven antics on the show at all. A little bit more Shane McMahon, all that. Main event with um Roman. Was it Roman versus Samoa Joe? Was pretty cool. Wasn't bad. It was a pretty solid segment as what you would expect. So nothing nothing too bad. Was it Roman? Roman and Joe or Kofi and Joe? I don't remember what it was. Honestly, I I think I kinda stopped paying attention most halfway partway through the show anyway. Um we did set up for SummerSlam though. Uh some of the matches that we've got set up for this after these two shows, after the last couple weeks, actually. Uh, of course we got KO versus Shane McMahon, uh Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, Brock versus Seth Rollins, Kofi versus Orton, Becky versus Natty, and Bailey versus Ember. There's been a rumor going around too that we may see Charlotte versus Trish as Trish has expressed wrestling one more time in Toronto. So we shall see if that actually happens. Um, just some random thoughts here with uh, 205 Live. I really wish they would introduce some tag titles for 205 just to give some of the other guys something to to fight for, I guess, because they do an awful lot of tag matches on there. Like every week there's some sort of tag match, whether it be like the Lucha House Party or... You know, a couple other guys that they've paired together. Like, I really would like to see cruiserweight tag titles. I know WWE seems to be watered down with titles, but when you have each brand, they kind of it's sometimes it's kind of needed, just to give like other wrestlers something to do and something to make meaningful, I guess. Uh, NXT, we set up um, some more matches for Take Over Toronto, which will be the Saturday night before. SummerSlam, Uh, we've got a triple threat for the NXT North American Championship with the Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, and returning to the regular NXT brand, Pete Dunne. This match is going to be amazing, and I wouldn't expect anything less from a TakeOver event. Uh, we got tag team titles with the Street Profits taking on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And then we have the NXT Women's Championship being defended with Shayna Baszler taking out Mia Gim. Then we've got the finals for the Breakout NXT Breakout Tournament with Jordan Miles, formerly known as ACH, versus Cameron Grimes, formerly known as Trevor Lee. So some matches there to look forward to. Uh, of course, that triple threat match is going to be awesome. Um, NXT Championship match is going to be a two-out-of-three falls match. Um, Cole and Gargano had both f- picked the first and second um falls for the matchup, which Gargano picked a street fight. Um, Cole had picked a traditional wrestling match. And if for some reason, which we all know is gonna happen, if the third fall is needed, Regal will pick the third match for that. Which we all know it's gonna go into three falls. Like some these matches never hardly ever are determined with the first two falls, especially with something this high of a stakes with a with a world title on the line. It's gonna go You know, one for one, and we're going to get the third fall. So, hopefully, they do something cool like a submission match or a um, steel cage, something like that. Or even a special referee with like Tommaso Ciampa would be awesome. But we shall wait and see what they've got planned for us for that one. Uh, Big news coming out of AEW uh, their weekly television series will be debuting on October 2nd, be a two hour program from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, I'll be live in different cities throughout the country, so you can check out AEW's website for more information on tickets when they start announcing more of that stuff. Uh, the funny thing with this is it is the same week that SmackDown moves to Fox, um, and WWE is planning a big 20-year reunion show for SmackDown. As you know, this year is the we'll, we'll see the 20th anniversary of SmackDown as well. Um, Ring of Honor ran two shows over the weekend as well. Um, biggest notable thing out of that show was the Briscoes defeating the Gorillas of Destiny for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships on Saturday night at the Manhattan Mayhem show, and then the following night, Sunday, in the Mass Hysteria show, or was it, no, sorry, it's Friday, Friday night, and then Saturday night, my bad, uh, Mass Hysteria, um, the Briscoes had retained against the Bouncers and were immediately attacked by the Gorillas of Destiny, um, who left them bloodied in the ring. Um, we saw a promo, there's a promo too later on um, released through Ring of Honor, through the website, and social media with uh, GOD challenging the Briscoes pretty much to a ladder match. So I expect the next big event, either through New Japan or through Ring of Honor, to have the Briscoes taking on the Gorillas of Destiny in a ladder match and that may be for both the uh and the iwgp tag titles that the, the girls of destiny have and for the ring of honor titles or maybe just for the ring of honor titles not 100 sure yet um, we'll find out more as our ring of honor progressives progresses with that um that's pretty much the rundown for everything wrestling related that has happened in the last few days So we're going to take a brief order from our sponsor, and we shall return. We're going to jump into some toy news. We're going to talk a little bit about some upcoming events if you're in the North Carolina area. Lots of cool stuff coming, so stay tuned. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the Wrestlegeddon Podcast, and I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and welcome back. Uh, Let's jump right into it. Uh, Before we get into the toys, let's talk some upcoming events in the North Carolina area. If you happen to be anywhere here coming up in the next month or so, there is some wrestling to check out throughout the state. So, um, this weekend, 728, live in Concord, North Carolina, NXT. Uh, 8-3, you have XWW coming out of Monroe, North Carolina. 8-4, August 4th, AML in Winston-Salem. Um, August 9th, AML again in Winston-Salem. August 10th, PWX in Charlotte. Um, tickets are also on sale for shows coming up in September for Big Time Wrestling, uh, which will be here in the Dorton Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was a famous stomping ground for a lot of promotions back in the day. Uh, Featured for that event, um, they're advertising WWE legends Kane and Hall of Famer Kurt Angle, as well as some other top talent stars coming through there as well. Big Time Wrestling always puts on a great show. I've been to a couple of them. Great wrestling, great matchups, just overall fun night. Good family fun, too, if you're thinking about taking your kids to a wrestling event. Uh, September 15th in Charlotte, we get the WWE Clash of Champions pay-per-view. And then September 21st in Kenansville, North Carolina, uh, we have an event from uh, Masters of the Ring, uh, which is a charity event, which will feature the franchise Shane Douglas, Francine, Victoria in one of her final matches of the year um, as she is retiring at the end of this year uh, from in-ring competition. Um, Molina. Billy Gunn, the badass Billy Gunn. Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Al Snow. TJ Perkins. James Storm. Eli Drake. And from the legendary Guerrero family, Chavo Guerrero. So lots of good wrestling coming up over the next month or so. Lots of cool stuff happening in September. North Carolina is a great state for wrestling. Uh, I'm so happy I moved down here 10 years ago because there's so much stuff going on, like consistently with wrestling events throughout the state. It's 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 really a hotbed. Like people really don't understand like how how great North Carolina is for just wrestling, whether it be independent or you know some bigger companies rolling through here. I mean, Ring of Honor hits here at least like two three times a year. It's a fantastic area if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, so there's your upcoming events in the NC area. So now let's break it down into the toy news this week. So um, Elite 70 and Elite 71 are out for pre-order now on ringsidecollectibles.com. Uh, Elite 70 will feature Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and... In his London Calling attire, um, which is pretty much, you know, the Jack the Ripper inspired with the long trench coat and the hat uh, from the Takeover London special. The first figure, first time in the line of EC3, we have Dolph Ziggler, who will also be the chase variant for that figure as for that line as well. Uh, Seth Rollins in his um, last incarnation of the Shield ring attire, which is, from what Bill McKenna said, it's a whole new mold. It's not a reissue. Um, vest or anything like that. It's all new tooling for that, and he'll come with the Intercontinental title. We're also getting an '80s Vince McMahon with the a big blue interview platform. Like, if you're an old school wrestling fan like myself, I uh, remember how they used to have these little platforms that they would do the interviews on. Like, you'd have the, like the crowd behind them. Um, yeah, that's actually what he's coming with. So it'd be like interviewer and then the, like you know the wrestler that used to stand on that. So that's pretty cool. Pretty excited about that. Um, This set will feature a Walmart store exclusive figure um, of Gerald Briscoe. So, of course, we're getting um, Pat Patterson as part of Elite 68. And we will also see um, Gerald Briscoe as the Walmart exclusive for Elite 70. Uh, Elite 71, which is also up for pre-order, like I mentioned earlier, that line will feature Adam Cole, John Cena, drew mcintyre on um, drew's going to come with two heads um, he's initially shown with the head with the hair in his face he's going to come with these with the second head which is pretty much a re-release of the target exclusive nxt figure it's that same head sculpt so he'll have interchangeable heads so you can have the hair in his face for the entrance and then you know the hair back so you can see his face pretty cool um we're also going to have Nikki Bella, who will be the chase figure in that line as well. So there'll be two figures of Nikki, uh, a throwback Big Show, Big Show with a ponytail, a Jeff Hardy who's going to have multiple heads, um, similar to the Nia Jax that came out in Elite sixty-five. So he'll have different like paint faces, paint face motifs, so to say, for um, a couple different heads in there. And then the target exclusive in this set will be Cassius Ono. So super excited about that. Um, we got some more news coming out of Comic-Con as well. Uh, the network spotlight figures, which was previously a Toys R Us exclusive, um, is now moving to Target. So this will replace the NXT line. Um, we are getting in this set a Big Daddy Cool Diesel, who will have swappable gloved hands, Uh, a Rey Mysterio flashback, and a yellow and blue attire with, like, the old school hood, um, pretty much a re-release of one of the older figures that had to come out before Mysterio had left the company. Ginger um, Mahal with WWE title, so we're finally getting a um, individual release of gender in elite form outside of the the SmackDown Live ring. And Oscar, who was originally supposed to be the um, WrestleMania exclusive a few years ago, they were doing. Bill had really put like a lot of work into this, um, like it had a really nice robe, the headgear, like the mask everything is really well done figure and just really look phenomenal um it is being released in this line unfortunately it will not have the robe will come with the headgear will come with the mask which will look kind of it's kind of weird but i mean we're getting a new oscar and this one actually has a really good face sculpt on her that true effect scan technology is phenomenal and the the likeness on this is great for for oscar survivor series um, elite set which will be a walmart exclusive Uh, we'll have Alicia Fox, a flashback Jeff Hardy, a Shinsuke Nakamura in blue, a blue shirt and black and blue pants from his, uh, team SmackDown, um, match there. And then the first ever Don Morocco figure from the first ever Survivor Series pay-per-view and we'll have a soft goods tie-dye shirt. So pretty excited for that line as well. Um, alicia fox will be <laughs> she's the raw team captain attire and she'll have that that awesome hat that she wore um as team captain so i'm actually i'm probably like one of the only i'm probably the only person looking forward to that alicia fox figure i'm like i love alicia fox i think she's very entertaining uh she's not the best wrestler in the world but she outside the ring she's she's pretty entertaining uh, we also have a wrestlemania set coming out as well no word yet on if that's going to be an exclusive somewhere this set um, will include the first-ever Mattel-released referee figure, and that is of Dangerous Danny Davis. Now, this is a -a Build-A-Figure for the set. Um, If you're not familiar with Build-A-Figures, basically what it is, there will be other figures in the series, and they will each come with parts to basically put together and make another figure. So this set is going to include a Woken Matt Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Booker T, and Mick Foley. So it's a pretty solid lineup, and then, like I said, each figure will come with a piece to, to build. Dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, another line that's coming out that will be a Walmart exclusive, which is set to release fourth quarter this year. So right before Christmas time, these will be in stores. Um, it's the Masters of the WWE Universe. Again, it's a Walmart exclusive. I know a lot of people were upset about this, um, as. As there were as many people that were excited about it. Me, I'm on the fence. I'm not a big Masters of the Universe fan like I was when I was a kid. Like, I really love the He Man line. It was like one of my favorite toy lines growing up. Um, I just kind of gravitated away from it as I've gotten older. Um, and it's not something that that I really had gotten back into. Um, Mattel has done a lot with the Masters of the Universe line over the last, you know, probably 10, 12 years. Um, by doing the subscription service, the now defunct maddiecollector.com. Um, Super 7, who makes some really great toys, um, who we talked about last week, will be doing the, the New Japan line. I had done some Masters of the Universe figures as well, based on the old Filmation cartoon, uh, making them more screen accurate. Um, you've had other figures come out recently in the last couple of years that have used the same body style as the Masters of the Universe, um, which Funko had done the DC Primal Age figures, which is pretty much a mashup of the DC figures. The DC Universe and the Masters of the Universe. So the like Batman, Joker, all of them were done in that style. Um, they've also done the the Savage World figures and Mortal Kombat and Thundercats. All in the original uh, style of Masters of the Universe. And they sold pretty well through for most stores. For the most part, they sold pretty well. Um, with Mattel... Doing these crossover figures with like the Ghostbusters and the Masters of the Universe, it's just a way for them to use the licenses that they have, um, and especially with Masters of the Universe being an original IP for Mattel, um, they can pretty much do what they, what they want with it. Like some of these figures actually look pretty cool. Um, the Series One releases will see a Skull King Triple H, which will have like his um his pinkish purple his purple tights. Um, and a nice little skull you know, covering to go over his head and shoulders. Uh, there's going to be an Ultimate Warrior. We'll see a Sting release, and then a Finn Balor. Um, also with that release, we'll see a ring modeled after Castle Grayskull, so it'll have like the the same coloring as Castle Grayskull, have the ring steps. Um, that's going to come with a Cena and a Triple H as well. Um, the cool thing, they in the hands-on preview that they showed for Uh, ringside collectibles or not ringside collectibles sorry pixel dan had done on his youtube page um, showcasing the masters of the wwe universe line is like the the ring steps have like clips on there to attach the weapons to it almost like a weapons rack which is pretty cool um now they had also announced mattel also announced that the regular masters of the universe figures are being re-released um, so the, the biggest thing with this between the WWE figures and the Masters of the Universe line is all these figures are going to have interchangeable parts so like the arms pop off the head pops off the torso pops off the legs pop off boots pop off everything comes apart and then you can mix and, mass, mix and match this, the different pieces to pretty much make like an, your ultimate Masters of the Universe figure so to say so that's a pretty cool thing. And then, of course, we have the Masters of the Universe movie, which is slated to come out next year. And now, they do have a second series planned, um, or at least future releases, that should include Macho Man, Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, and a faker John Cena. So if you're not familiar with Masters of the Universe, there was a fake He-Man, um, who was pretty much all blue. And it was a robot created by like Skeletor to infiltrate, you know, the the base like Eternia and all that other stuff. So they're doing a Cena version of that as well. So it'd be like an evil Cena. Um, but also there's also another figure called Manny Faces, who had a little knob on his head, and you turn his head and he had like three different faces. There's like a monster, an alien, a robot, you know, something like that. So there's a new day version of that one, which looks pretty sweet so instead of like a little knob on the top it has a unicorn horn so you turn the unicorn horn and all three faces like every time the face changes it's a different member the new day so there's a face representation for kofi big e and xavier woods on there which is pretty sweet so i'm kind of excited for that one um i'll probably pick up the macho man i'll pick up the Finn. um the manny faces new day figure i'll probably pick that up and depending on what some of the other ones look like i may get them too but it's not something that i'm going to invest fully in and go like head first into as i don't really have any masters of the universe figures to begin with to go with with this line at all so I'll, you know of course i've got a macho man collection i've got a finn Balor collection so i'll definitely pick those ones up to go go with those uh storm collectibles has announced some ringside exclusives some new ones um, we have an American-made Hulk Hogan coming uh, with white shirt and trunks, white trunks. A Hulkamania Hogan with red shirt and white trunks as well. And a Hulk Rules Hogan in the iconic red and yellow. So the yellow shirt and yellow trunks. Um, pretty excited about those. I have the Storm Collectibles Hollywood Hogan figure when they came out with that. That's Since we're not getting a Mattel one, Mattel still doesn't have the okay to do um, hulk hogan yet so we're still waiting on that but in the meantime like the storm collectibles is a really nice placeholder and it fits great in line with the mattel figures so these other so it's great to see that there's still a company out there that's doing doing hogan figures to kind of go into your line that you're building with the hogan stuff so as like placeholders or something like that one of the other bigger things coming out for toy news this week Uh, Figures Toy Company has released the sculpt and attire picks of none other than Vince Russo. Now, my question is, who asked for a Vince Russo figure? Like, seriously. Who the fuck out there wants a Vince Russo action figure? I don't understand this. It's not something I would buy. It, It makes no sense whatsoever. Now, if this was happening in like... 1999 or 2000 and they decided hey let's release a vince russo figure in the wcw toy line i'm sure that would have flew i mean we had an eric bischoff for heaven's sake in in that line but like a vince russo like nowadays like who gives a shit about vince russo like i know i don't and i can't really think that there's too many people out there that do it just boggles my mind that we need a Vince Russo figure. So like I, I just, like I said, I, I don't get it. So. But Figure Stoy Company does put out some pretty good stuff. The downside with this is, like I've mentioned before, is like they'll show off like the initial sculpt, but once the final product comes out, like that face sculpt looks terrible. Like it really, there's only like a handful of figures where it actually, the sculpt actually looks really good. And unfortunately, it's not a lot. Like, I keep going back to it, but the Brian Cage that they released, the Cage figure, like his face is just terrible. But the initial like test shots, or like the the prototype shots that they did of the sculpt, was phenomenal. It was a great likeness and just really well done. But once the final production came out, the final piece, it, it just looked really bad. Um, but the best thing that the best thing with the figures, toy company stuff, is um, if you are a still have a big Ruthless Aggression collection from Jax. They're pretty much using the same molds. I mean, they should, there's no pretty much about it. They, they are using the Ruthless Aggression molds. Because pretty much every every guy pretty much has the same body type. Like, it doesn't really look like it's a new mold or anything. But, you know, they fit in with those figures pretty well. And pretty all their ring attire and stuff, um, if it's like a like cloth goods, like a singlet or something like that, it's made of all cloth. And some of those figures look phenomenal, like the the demon figure that I put out looks great. Um, some of the other ones, like the AJ Styles figure, the Young Bucks figures, Kenny Omega's figure, um, the initial the Kevin Steen figure that had to come out before uh, once after KO had signed with the WWE, looks phenomenal. Like there's a lot of cool figures that they do, but more often than not, the face sculpt is pretty bad on there. But, uh, that is pretty much all I've got for toys. Um, I do have some questions uh, coming from Facebook. Uh, Let me find that again here right quick. Apparently I lost it. Uh, Bear with me. Uno momento, por favor. Let me pull up Facebook again. actually got a couple questions on here from two of my boys. uh, Gene Gallo um, asks about uh, future special guests. Uh, I could definitely see doing that, uh, depending on the type of guest it would be. Like, if it's one of you guys that just wants to um, hop on and chat a little bit about the happenings going on in the wrestling world or things like that. Like, what your griefs, like, what you like, what you dislike going on. Um, once I figure out how to do more of this stuff, i definitely open to doing that. Uh, I'm like four episodes in now by the time this gets posted, so... I don't really have like a whole lot of experience with it yet, but I can play around with it and figure it out. I'm definitely open to that. Um, next question from my boy Gene Malden, um, who wants uh, discussions about the greatest finishers ever. Greatest finishers ever. That's a uh, that's a tough one because there's so many. There's like some really good finishers out there. There's some really shitty ones. Um, like, Hogan's leg drop. Like, seriously. Like, Hogan's an icon. But that leg drop was god-awful terrible. And, like, I don't... Like, really. Like, I understand back in the day. You know, you know, we're talking, like, 80s, early 90s, and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a leg drop. I mean, it's it's not the most devastating finisher in the world. I mean, even before that, when you get into, like, the like the 50s, 60s, um, as pro wrestling was gaining more ground on TV... Like, you had finishers like a bear hug and, you know, sleeper hold and just like a, a body slam or like a big splash. Um, but to me, like, two of my favorite finishers, um, like the Macho Man's Elbow Drop is probably one of the most iconic finishers ever. And it's, it's definitely it's always been one of my favorites. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts DDT. Um, especially when that before that became a move that every single wrestler does in every single match ever since its inception um when Jake was just when Jake had brought it out and invented it it was a really devastating move and like and that's how they played it up to me and it, it was a great finisher and it it still is a great finisher but when like how everything has advanced so much um one of the prettiest finishers. Um, that falls under this category too is a shooting star press. Depending on who does it though, Kidman Shooting Star Press is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. Uh, I remember watching WCW Nitro, um, when Kidman had come in as part of Raven's Flock, and the first time I seen him hit that move, I was awestruck, and it was just beautiful. Um, but probably after Savage's Elbow, Savage's Elbow, um, I probably have to go with the Vertibreaker by uh, by the hurricane by Gregory, like Shane Helms back in his WCW days when he busted that out as Sugar Shane Helms. That move just looked sick. It looked like it was just it looked like a devastating maneuver. It was fantastic, and it, it's probably one at that time wasn't one of my favorite finishers, and it still ranks up there. Actually, as a matter of fact, anytime I make myself in any of the WWE games. The Vertibreaker ends up being my finisher because it's just an awesome move. Uh, tag Team Finishers, they can go on about that. I'm like Greatest Finishers for that. The Doomsday Device being one of the most iconic. Um, the Demolition, Decapitation, the Shatter Machine for more recent stuff. Um, the Young Bucks, more Bang for Your Buck is pretty good. The Meltzer Driver just looks like shit. Like I, It's not one of my favorite finishers, but I know a lot of people like it but um yeah so like if i really had to pick like the greatest finishers ever like it's it's really hard to do there's so many out there so many great finishers um it's just crazy crazy the amount of stuff that's out there yeah so um that's pretty much it let me just do a quick refresh here and see if there's uh anything on there no that, that's it so Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in this week. I really appreciate it. Um, Go ahead and give us a follow on all your podcasting platforms. We are available on um, Stitcher. Uh, (laughs) I can't even remember what the hell we're available on right now. So bear with me on this one. Let me pull that list up. I know we're a Google Podcast. We're on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We're on Breaker Radio Public uh, Pocket Cast. good lord, there's like eight different ones that we're up on, and I can't even remember a single one of them. So, um, yeah, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, iTunes, Google. I said Google Podcasts already. Um, of course, Anchor, which is actually what I use to record the app. Um, I've been trying to figure out ways to get it on SoundCloud without having to download my recordings and then re-upload them to to that app as well when um as of right now i think the the eight avenues that i have the podcast available actually work pretty well um so follow us on one of those uh, podcast websites or one of those apps whichever one you use the most go ahead share it if you got other wrestling friends other friends that are wrestling fans go ahead share the podcast with them let them know what's going on check it out Send me some emails. Um, you can email me at askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, any pointers. Uh, like I said, I'm not fully um, professional with this. So there's some stuff that I'm still learning as we go along. So, like any great podcast, you know, you got to start somewhere. So, yeah. So that, that's it, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, And we will catch up with you all next week for episode five. And we'll see you then, y'all. This edition of Unomas Tacos, Wrestlegeddon, has been brought to you by the good folks over at Bright Rose Events, where your event is their business and it's personal. Bright Rose Events specializes in themed events, weddings, birthday parties, anniversaries, corporate events, and any type of event that you can think of. If you need a planner and you're in the Raleigh-Durham area, check out BrightRoseEvents.com for more information and contact information. You can also find more information at Facebook.com slash BrightRoseEvents, Instagram at BrightRoseEvents, and Twitter at BrightRoseEvents. Remember, that's BrightRoseEvents.com for all your event planning needs in the Triangle area.